You're listening to The Itch, Rock Matters. My name is Casey. My name is Dan. And I'm Aaron. And this week, we have part two of our top 20 albums. So this will be top 10, essentially, of 2020. (laughs) As voted on by The Itch. That's right. The episode that many of the other episodes have been building to. Well, the real goal here is just to introduce people to things and to bring... Uh, a little more awareness to stuff that we think is worthwhile. And so people are out there doing that and actually checking out new stuff because of what we share, then we've accomplished our goals. They don't have to agree with every bit of it. And there's, there's so much out there that I mentioned it before last week we were, I was listening to top 20 rock albums of a couple other shows, completely different lists than what we have, because they shifted a little bit in a different direction in what styles they really focus on. And that's awesome. So I just like honoring the albums, you know, that I felt were great, or that, you know, that we all agreed to, obviously. Yeah. You know, I just love honoring them. And, and I think we kind of mentioned it, that most of the albums we, you know, are on this whole entire list, we talked about them throughout our entire 40-episode uh, uh, catalog. That's true. And uh, you bring up a point there. I don't think we mentioned this in the last episode, but how we came to this order is each of us individually put together a top 20 albums, our favorites of the year. And then we actually got together, read them all to each other, had kind of a scoring system and made a collective uh, list that sort of merges the three of ours into something we could all agree on. And so maybe sometime we'll, we'll post our individual ones, but right, right here, this is the top 20, the top 10 by the itch collectively. Yeah. We're all represented. And the interesting thing about the top 10 for me is every single one, with the exception of one of my top 10, made the actual combined top 10. I told you that you were going to be the middle ground, that you, that you were, you were going to be the middle ground between Dan and I would have pretty different ones. And so I think that you leveled out where we went one way or the other. Yeah. It was pretty cool. And one of the other podcasts that did a top 20 we only had one of our entire top 20 match their top 20 (laughs) that's what i'm saying it was still a rock show this was not a general music show or another another genre they just found different things and i think that's fantastic there's so much stuff that we didn't even get to listen to because you just can't keep up and i'm totally cool with that another quick thing we should mention is that we kind of based the list off of our uh radio show that we would normally be doing every Sunday night. So this is kind of based on the, the stuff that we would be playing every Sunday night as well as, I mean, as not just a overall general music category kind of thing. Yeah. We wanted to try to keep it in the same format because it's what it's, it's what we know. Basically uh, we've been doing the top 20 countdown now for, I, I think it's honestly been 12 years. I think it's, that's right. That sounds right. Um, is I think how long we've been doing it. It started out as a top 10 countdown for maybe the first two years of it. Right. And then it quickly expanded to a top 20. And, you know, as, as Aaron kind of uh, pointed to earlier, is that that's the reason why I expanded our ability to uh, get to more music and have access to more music and listen to more music has 
has increased throughout the years uh, that we've done the radio show because of the advancement of social media and the advancement of smartphones and things like that. There's no doubt that that we have way, way more access to way more music for our show um, or to even listen to um, than, than what we did back 16 years when we started that show almost 17 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that's why we make mention so many times uh, at the end of episodes that we're grateful for people who listen because there's so much more music, so much more media, movies, TV shows, podcasts, everything available so easily now that um, you have to discern what's worth your time. And so we appreciate that there are people out there who believe that we're worth their time, which in turn makes it worth our time to create these things. Yes. So thank you guys for listening. That's right. And I should not forget to mention this, including some of those people. We're going to take a little uh, intermission in the middle of this top 10 list to announce the winners of the itch awards. That was a couple episodes back. We uh, introduced a series of categories that we thought were worth noting. And then we put it to a vote and the people responded in mass. We got a uh, 145 votes, which for a young podcast is something I'm pretty happy with. I can't have no complaints about that. So the people have spoken on our <laughs> selections. We each posed a nominee for each category and we gave it to you, the listener and you told us what you liked. And so now we're going to tell you how all that turned out. I'm super excited about that because I also made it kind of a competition because <laughs> I like to make everything a competition. <laughs> so I posed it basically that, you know, my, I'm trying to get my selections voted on the most in order to be voted a fan favorite. So hopefully, <laughs> you go. Uh, hopefully I, I upheld my, uh, my, uh, my goal, but let's see. Who knows? Yeah. So when we announce the winners of each category, I will also announce whose selection that was. And we'll keep a little running tally of that and see if by the end of the night, Dan actually is the favorite member of the itch, or at least the most <laughs> agreeable member of the itch. There you go. I like that. Most agree. Okay. I got, I got that. People agreed with you the most. That And it very well could the most be. Right. The most right. The most right. The most of the stream member. <laughs> That's right. You're the, you're the people's choice. Yeah, the people's <laughs> champion of the itch. There you go. <laughs> oh, so boy. before we uh, get into the top 10 real quick, I wanted to just kind of recap our top 20. Uh, basically, the last the last albums, 20 through 11, as voted on by the itch. Kind of give you an idea of what the list was if you didn't get to hear it. And then also give you an idea of maybe uh, an album that you're looking for. If, is it on the top 20 or is it in the top 10? Who knows? But uh, I can kind of clarify that for you right now. Uh, our number 20 album of 2020, as Casey loved saying 20 <laughs> times, was Red with Declaration. Number 19, The Itch voted Ozzy Osbourne with Ordinary Man. 18, we had AWOL Nation with Angel Miners and Lightning Riders. Number 17, The Itch collectively voted Nothing But Thieves. Moral Panic as number 17. Number 16, we had From Ashes to New, their album Panic. 15, we had Nova Twins with Who Are the Girls. 14, Pearl Jam with Gigaton. Number 13, we had Local H with Lifers. 12, Hollywood Undead with New Empire Volume 1. 
Volume 2 was an honorable mention. Volume 1 made the list at number 12. And finally, we had Green Day with Father of All. And uh, that uh, rounded out our first list, the numbers 11 through 20. You don't want to say the whole the whole name this time? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> you were real excited about it in the previous episode. I, I, he got no. it out of the system. Yeah, I'm good now. Okay. <laughs> we don't have to put explicit on this episode yet. Maybe. Not yet. I'm yeah. sure we will. He's saving it for later. It's the PG-13 version. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's just the recap. No, you gotta, you gotta sell it later. Okay. One other quick thing to make mention of before we crack into the top ten here. If you want more information about our top ten, we talked about all but one of them yeah. as, as its own episode. Yep, that's true. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that the album name or the title is in the title of the podcast episode. So if you are curious and you want to hear more about the album, you can definitely check back to itchrocks.com to find out more on all of these albums except one of them. And that way we don't have to repeat ourselves throughout this list. Yay. (laughs) That's right. Because as my children know, there is one thing that I hate doing. It is repeating myself. (laughs) <laughs> what's that I uh, said as much you almost got me you almost got me that, that was right. a good one he definitely <laughs> nailed it <laughs> I'm like, wait a second <laughs> yeah on that note we're going to start off with number 10 and it's 10 years with violent <laughs> violent allies so we don't do it on purpose to, with these, you know, <laughs> 10, 10 years. Like that's not intentional. We, I promise. But it does make Casey very happy. It does. Uh, I, I absolutely love this album. I actually had this album at number one on my list. Um, so it's probably one reason why it got so high. But every single song was fantastic. They, they were all great songs. You could all play every single one of them on a the radio. Yeah, and I, I look forward to when we get back to the studio to being able to play every single song off this album. Like I, I'm, I'm just thoroughly impressed. Uh, I think their last album was really good. I didn't know if they could top it and I didn't really have any expectations for this album, but it just, it blew me out of the water when I heard it. I, I, I'm still a huge fan of this album and it's probably the album that I listened to more than any other album this entire year. And it was one of those albums that had a, a unique uh, quarantine type song. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. One that was, felt very relevant to this year with the song called the shift it's quality album the jesse hashik the singer has a very very listenable voice is i think a good way to put it like he's he's just, he's pleasant I, I can enjoy him they have some sweet instrumentals in there and so uh which wasn't a thing that showed up on a whole lot of of our albums this year so quality work for violent for violent allies so far that's two people that can't pronounce that uh, album name um with three so yeah number 10 10 years violent allies there you go you gotta say it violently guys yeah violently gotta put some some oomph on it and the two songs that we would have played if we were doing the radio show are i wish and the shift if we were doing this for the radio show uh 10 through 6 would get two songs played and then as we go along they would we would add another one 
every single one of these albums now that I look at it from the top ten, I, I'd probably play every single song off of every one of these albums now that I look at it. Like pretty much, almost. Yeah, we're we're getting into some great, great albums. It's the the competition was stiff. <laughs> Stuff. So number nine is one that um I'm gonna be honest, ten and nine, neither one made my list, but in the sort of honorable mentions on mine, they were like neck and neck. I really had a hard time choosing between them. And number nine is Blackstone Cherry with the album The Human Condition. A good thing for that album that me and Casey had them so high on our list. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's why they're at number nine. Another album that I just loved. It was a great album. Fantastic. You know, with Blackstone Cherry, they every single one of their albums has a kind of different theme. And I just loved the theme for this album. You know, it was kind of going along with the the year that 2020 was. The album was called The Human Condition. It was just, I don't know, it was just perfect album for that year, for that time, uh, and for everything that was going on. It was just a rocking album, too. I I love, ever since the Kentucky album came out in 2016, I think they've really gotten back to some great music, and and I'm I'm excited about what this band's going to do. It was a very encouraging kind of, like, persevering album which is i think what's that's what i caught anyway if you're talking about a theme yeah it had energy in it and it and it made you want to press forward in tough times it had a lot of sick riffs and that <laughs> and the two songs we would have played are ringing in my head which was another kind of covid-esque song and then uh the chain which sounded a lot like a metallica song to be honest yeah even though it's named after a Fleetwood Mac song, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great song. Uh, the, like I said, I'd probably would end up playing every single one of the songs off that album. But yeah, those are two standouts for sure. Yep. That's right. Number eight, I know was really high on KC's list. I had them pretty high as well. It was a fantastic album. It was on our voting list for debut album of the year. Number eight, Saul, Rise as Equals. Just a great album, like a great, fantastic debut album. This band kind of came out of nowhere, um, and I'm I'm really excited that they did. Yeah, and it's had 14 tracks on the album, and all of them were good, in my opinion. You even had an awesome cover song. They covered Pink Floyd, Welcome to the Machine. Yeah, great cover song, great cover song. Yeah, covering Floyd is not something that many bands can do well in my experience. Yeah. They're one of those bands that you need to re- be really careful about if you're going to try to cover. And so that Saul pulled it off is a pretty good feat. Yeah. So top to bottom, I thoroughly enjoyed rise as equals and the two songs that we would have played are brother, which was their main single. And then also levy, which is a awesome kind of softer song. Yeah, that that album, you know, every time it came up on my playlist and just started playing, like I, I had to turn it up. I got really into it. It, it. It's just it's really great. Like you said, you know, with the Blackstone Cherry album, like the Saw album's got a couple album or a couple songs with some great riffs in it. Yeah, it's just one of that you can just turn up, rock out, bob your head, you know, bang your head to something. Um, it, it, it's just it's a fun album. A lot of fun. Number seven is one I was kind of excited about. And this was a real late comer. I think if we had actually had time to sit with this one a little longer and listen to it a little more rather than just sort of being made aware of its existence 
right before we started putting this list together, it probably would have made an even bigger impression. Might have even had its own episode like the rest of these did. And that, <laughs> and that is the band Boston Manor and their album Glue. Uh, now, these guys are a British band from Blackpool. They Their Wikipedia lists them as emo pop and pop punk. And I think that that is not... That's not a that's not an accurate representation of what they sound like. It really is not. They're definitely, especially Glue. Maybe their earlier stuff was. Glue definitely is an alternative rock kind of grungy sound. And one thing that I liked about this album was that when you go through all 13 tracks, it almost feels like, I don't know, like you're listening to a radio station. Yeah. Like there's a, there's a coherence between the tracks, but you'll have certain ones that weave in and out of like a little more electronic kind of sounds to a little more like playing on grunge or like, like other kind of like nineties rock, like, like Radiohead. Yeah. They, they move in and out of a few different sounds without it sounding like it's random. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. And, um, and some of the stuff is just ridiculously catchy. A couple of my personal favorite tracks and they're probably the ones we would, we would first go to are plasticine dreams and uh, brand new kids is a, a really good one. And so yeah, these guys, they came out of nowhere to us. They are not a new band. Um, they've been around for a few years, and this album came out in May. We just weren't aware of it until late in the game. Right. I was going to say, this is another one of those albums that has 13 tracks, and basically all of them are fantastic. A couple of interesting things about the, the album itself. One thing that I found humorous is they have a track called Monolith, and if you paid attention to the news a couple months back all these mysterious monoliths were showing up out of nowhere oh (laughs) yeah i do remember that are these guys onto something yeah (laughs) so i thought that was kind of interesting uh another track to check out if if you look up a video on youtube is on a high ledge and uh Mm -hmm. the video uh talks about suicide so the whole video has a a guy kind of like leaving his house and finding a high ledge. So it's, it's pretty powerful stuff on a, on a lighter note, they have a track on here called ones and zeros, and then a later track called only one. So <laughs> and midway through the album, the zeros are gone. And so, <laughs> <laughs> but really solid stuff from these guys. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy uh, that you guys had them so high on your list and I did not have them on my list at all. I didn't, I listened to him about once. Um, well, and to be fair, I didn't really listen to it until towards the towards the end as well. But the more you listen to it, the more it grows on you. That's all. That's all I'm going to say. Accurate. So by by this time next year, Dan will probably have affection for this album. <laughs> I don't know about that. Like I, the one time that I listened to it, I, it just it was not my thing. It's kind of the same thing with like. Uh, the um, Nothing But Thieves album is just not my style. Yeah. I, I do want to point out um, of note that that title, Glue, is stylized in all caps. And I just I I love when things, yeah. <laughs> when things are randomly all caps. So glue, like really, <laughs> really big, bold glue in your face. I don't know why. It's stuff like that that drives my OCD insane. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> like, Nation. Why is yeah exactly? Why is it all caps? Like why? Dan almost left a Wall Nation off his list just because of that. He was just having a. There's just so many capital yeah. letters going on right there. It was too confusing. 
<laughs> I just don't capitalize it. Like that's fair. Uh, so number uh, the next number six. on our list is six. Yeah. Yes, that's that's how you count. Um, is <laughs> a whole episode on counting. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we need to go refresh ourselves. We'll be right back. Have my my two year old son come in here and help me. That's right. Uh, <laughs> all right. So moving along, number six, we had Static X with Project Regeneration Volume One. That's how you know yeah. there's going to be another volume soon. That's what Maybe. they say. Well, that's why they named it Volume One. Uh, and and this was really a product of it being fairly high on almost all of our lists. I didn't have it as high as you guys did. I liked it a lot. Don't get me wrong, but I just in comparison to the other stuff, I, I had other stuff higher. But I, I still love the album. I thought it was a, a great comeback for Static X, even though Wayne has passed away. And I think it was a great way to kind of honor him and, and get his uh, last recordings out, you know, to the public, so to speak. I think the reason that it ranks so high for me is that, for one, I've always been a sucker for this band. They're heavier than most of what I am a sucker for. But I've always just thought that the evil disco thing was fantastic. This, like, beat-driven industrial very heavy like metal rock stuff and so i was a big fan and really it's just the fact that they could come back and make an album out of found recordings from wayne that in my opinion is pretty much on par with anything else they've ever done it's pretty impressive to be able to do something that is as good as the other stuff you've done without actually having your band leader or better yeah and since he's been gone for a few years having some, some new material kind of makes you appreciate the band itself a little bit more. It's true. That's a very good point. Yeah. I think that honestly, I, I think it's better than some of the static X that came out um, towards, yeah, the, towards the end, end of Wayne's life. Yeah. Cult of static or, or honestly, or if even Wayne's pig hammer solo thing were the last things that he put out, those were not particularly interesting things. And so they, they turned the, the trajectory around, and uh, this is definitely a step forward. Well, and I think this was definitely a product of some some people who cared about what they did and, and the product that they that they put out there and, and honoring uh, Wayne's legacy. You know, I don't think that they wanted to take his last recordings and just butcher them. They wanted to make sure it, it went good with what they did, and I think they, they succeeded. That's and true. it had another Estego song, so that that was always good. Hell yes. Estego Placebo is my favorite track on this. I've said it before. I could listen to that bad boy all the time. And it can't. It just can't be a Static X album without an Otsego album, uh, song. Uh, so true. I'm hoping that if they do put out a volume two, that they saved one more, le- you know, one one more in the bag somehow. Oh, I'm sure <laughs> they did. Or I don't honestly remember if he says that word in every single one of them or not. But you could kind of just throw that title on something if you had to. Right. Not that they probably would, but it, you know what? Honestly, the album name should be it. It should just be the name of the, <laughs> the album. Project Regeneration. The final Atsego. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. The last Static X album is just called Atsego. That would work. Vo- volume yeah. Atsego. <laughs> volume Atsego. That'd be great. <laughs> now, we're going to take a pause here from the top 10 to reveal the winners of the itch awards. But I do want to make a note, little tease here that album five, we could say many of the same things about that. We just said about album six. 
Yeah, That's true. I, was thinking, I was thinking the same exact thing as I was saying it, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Keep that in mind, and we'll come back and repeat ourselves after we're done with the intro. It's <laughs> so, probably a good thing we're taking a break then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Forget what we just said. It'll be fresh. Yeah, you won't remember after we talk for five minutes about these votes. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's magic. All right, let's get into the awards. And again, we are very grateful to those who listened to that episode and those who voted on it. And you guys are awesome. And many of you are fans of a particular artist. And we'll we'll see that come out in just a minute here. So, debut album of the year. We had three nominations for each of these. My nomination was the Nova Twins with Who Are the Girls. Dan's was Grandson with Death of an Optimist. And Casey's was Stall with Rise as Equals. And our winner of our vote with 64% of the vote, pretty commanding one. The other split pretty down the middle is Grandson. Yay. So score one for Dan with Death of an Optimist. The grandkids came out en masse to vote for their hero. and uh, In all of these categories. Yep. And they done got the man an award. So kudos to Grandson. You win debut album of the year. We'll probably make you a Twitter post about it. ep of the year um again three nominees my nomination was incubus with trustfall side b dan's was fever 333 with wrong generation and kc chose tom morello's commandant which is a great word and now this one was this one was split very evenly it was uh 39 percent to 36 percent was one and two. So coming in second was Tom Morello and coming in first was fever. Dang. Another one for Dan. And my, my incubus vote got 25% of the love. It didn't get blown away, but it lost. So very nice. <laughs> That's a bummer. I'm not doing well so far. You guys. <laughs> all right. That's all right. You have a grandson topic later, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I got something coming up. We'll see what happens with it. <laughs> track of the year. Now, this was not single of the year per se, but we each basically just selected a track that really we particularly enjoyed or particularly spoke to us this year. My selection was Local H with 846. Dan chose Dreamers, the track Heat Seeker, which featured Grandson. And Casey chose Nothing But Thieves with Can You Afford to Be an Individual which if it hasn't been yet should be a single from that album because it's very much worthwhile. And again, the grandkids came out with 53% dreamers and heat seeker gets the win on that one. Sweeping y'all so far, you, man. You're sweeping. <laughs> However, we have a fighting chance. Yeah. Our next one was the most disappointing release of the year, which I felt a little bit bad about even including, but I don't know. <laughs> These guys just need to do better. We'll hope for more. My selection was Breaking Benjamin with Aurora. Dan chose Hailstorm's Reimagined EP, and Casey chose the Stone Temple Pilots' Perdita. This one was pretty tight. The whole vote was within 10-15 total votes. But the album that took home the most, with 40%, was Stone Temple Pilots. Yay, I win the category for sucking. That's Casey. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So we had most disappointing release of the year. And then we had comeback of the year, which in, in some sense is almost like the opposite of disappointment. It was like almost most surprising. I nominated gray days with the album amends. 
Dan voted for or nominated Static X Project Regeneration that we just spoke about. And Casey nominated Ozzy Osbourne with Ordinary Man. I was a little surprised about this one, but Ozzy took it at 60%. That was, that's a pretty dominant victory he had there. Casey making a comeback. It's three to two. I won a category for not sucking. You did. You wanna, <laughs> you're surprisingly not sucking. That's a little bit what that means, if we're being honest. <laughs> All right. Workhorse of the year. This was a fun one. This was for an artist that seemed to be everywhere doing a lot of things and just kind of uh, making the most of uh, of 2020, I suppose you could say. My nomination was the Deftones. Dan nominated Lizzie Hale of Hailstorm and Casey nominated Jacoby Shaddix of Papa Roach. This one was a fairly tight vote, but again, the winner was 42%. KC, you've tied it up with Jacoby Shaddix. <laughs> wow. There we well go. played. I am I am literally getting swept so far. I've got nothing. <laughs> yeah, Aaron, this is not looking good for you. It is not. I am very out of touch with our voters. <laughs> <laughs> so you know what? Maybe maybe Dan doesn't. I hmm. Let's see what happens here. So we're gonna do music video of the year next. Because it sounds like it's just going to come down to YouTube battling, and maybe you'll <laughs> even it out. I don't even know if I'm in the game anymore. <laughs> Were you ever? <laughs> well, let's find out. I, I've got grandson on this one. Music video of the year. <laughs> Music video of the year. I'm rooting for you this time, buddy. Grandson with Dirty was my selection. Dan put Hollywood Undead with Heart of a Champion. And <laughs> and Casey went with Ailstorm. And um, Ailstorm got 6% of the vote. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> shit boat, no fans, shit boat, no votes, <laughs> shit video, no votes. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly something along those lines, which left Hollywood undead and grandson to duke it out for almost all of the votes and Hollywood undead won with 52%. I couldn't Dang. even get a win with grandson. <laughs> <laughs> Grandkids couldn't even save you. They, they failed me. They went so hard on everything else. <laughs> but I think the Jacoby, the Jacoby people, they came out and they got him that win. And then they went and got him the Hollywood Undead win, I believe, because that video included Papa Roach and uh, and Ice Nine Kills. So, yeah. All right. Getting down to the wire here. We've got ourselves a four to three lead for Dan and uh, three categories left. So this could end up in a straight up tie. We'll find out. <laughs> Artist. <laughs> I didn't think this through. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I figured I would win something. If, if I figured I'd take one category and then you guys could duke it out for the other nine. Um, <laughs> artist who made 2020 suck less. And come on. I. All right. My selection was Dave Grohl and Nandy Bushell. <laughs> who you were can't adorable. Even win with the cute story. Yeah. I can't even <laughs> win with the cuteness. This is so terrible. Dan, Our listeners were like, cuteness? No. Nope, not we don't vote care for about that. Right. <laughs> Hand selection was grandson and fever three 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 for their political activism. Casey's was local H for their work to restore and save live music and live venues in Chicago, particularly. And with fifty five percent of the vote, a pretty dominant victory was grandson again. Dang. So five five to three five to three. Casey's got to take the last two to win or to tie rather, and I have 
been mathematically eliminated for a long time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> After the third question, he was mathematically <laughs> eliminated. Yeah, yeah, I was done. I was done. All right, so this one is the label of the year. Which record label had the best overall output of new music this year? My nomination was Roadrunner, who had music from In This Moment, Higher Power, Code Orange, Corey Taylor, Trivium, and more. Dan's nomination was Mascot, which put out 10 Years in Black Cherry, which you just saw on our list, as well as Joe Bonamassa and others as well. And KC's nomination was Better Noise, which put out albums from AWOL Nation, From Ashes to New, Five Finger Death Punch, and The Who, among others. I was very surprised that this was as much of a runaway as it was. And again, I even with Roadrunner, the biggest dog in the fight, I couldn't win. 57% <laughs> and KC takes it with better noise. Hmm. It makes sense. I was I was thinking that too. Better noise, they had a good year. Yeah. They and and yeah. so kudos to them. Which means we have ourselves a 5 to 4 lead for Dan into our last category. Most anticipated release of 2021. All right. (laughs) Oh, man. I was really hoping to not get completely skunked, but here we are. My my nomination for the most. I was going to say, I probably didn't take this category. Spoiler I don't take this category. We'll see about you. Um, The winner is 21 Pilots. We didn't let those guys come out in, in mass to vote. We had we had the grandkids running wild already. We didn't need the 21 Pilots kids in there. Um, <laughs> my nomination for the most anticipated release of 2021 was Teenage Wrist with Earth is a Black Hole. Dan nominated Rob Zombie with the Lunar Injection Kool-Aid Eclipse Conspiracy. And Casey nominated Greta Van Fleet with the Battle at Gardens Gate. Now, this one was closer than most. The winning album took 43% and the second one took 32% leaving me and Teenage Wrist with 25 So your winner with 43% Rob Zombie Yay! Giving Dan the 6-4 win on the <laughs> who agrees with us most <laughs> The fan favoritist Yes, the most agreeable itch member That's right, Dan wins the fan favoritist <laughs> award and uh, I'm thinking for season two, we're going to have to come up with some kind of way for you to defend that title. Not necessarily a fan favorite, but just of winning, defeating us in something. <laughs> well, it won't be it won't be hard defending it from you. Um. Uh, clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel disrespected by the by the itch listeners right now. <laughs> I put in all this work for you, and you literally voted me for none categories. <laughs> <laughs> Not even the grandson video. <laughs> Not even the grandson video. I couldn't get you with that. I couldn't get you with an adorable 10-year-old girl. I might as well have just left my options off the list and not read them because it didn't make a difference. <laughs> yeah, you were kind of like the the Green Party there, just taking votes away from KC. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what it was. I was the Green Party of this. Of this that 2% popular vote. Yeah. Oh boy. So congratulations to Dan and to all of our winners. We'll be announcing those on social media as well, but we want you to hear it here first, especially those of you who voted. Thank you again. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for making the itch awards possible. You know, uh, we've tried this several times in the past and it's never worked out because it's, you know, it relies on participation. 
and this was incredible the amount of feedback that we got not only did we get a, a lot of feedback but we actually broke survey monkey um so <laughs> we thank you time. for that yeah we thank you for that because they're cheap um and screw them so uh, <laughs> <laughs> so as is the trend these days i'm going to take this clearly one victory from dan and i'm going to contest it in the highest courts of the land um <laughs> right i think that there has to be a conspiracy why i could win nothing obviously i won this election by a lot and so especially um, georgia we just got to go find those votes so somebody help me out here all uh, ten thousand of them uh all right let's return to our regularly scheduled programming here with the top five albums of 2020 for the number five album of 2020 is voted on by the itch we had gray days with the album amends and this album was kind of special to us in my opinion uh just because of our experience in meeting sean dowdle and just you know just not only that but like the reactions that we got when we were talking about it just the kind of emotions that it brought up in regards to suicide awareness and and this and just suicide in general so yeah it just is a i think that it's a great album it was like we kind of mentioned with uh wayne static i think this was another way to a fantastic way to honor Chester Bennington and and it was really interesting to just kind of hear a different side of him, you know, pre Lincoln Park, basically. Very much so. I'll, I'm going to actually point people in the direction of those of these episodes since this one technically had two. If you want to hear us talk more about this album Amends, you can go back to episode 12, which is called Making Amends, as well as episode 25, where we had a conversation with Sean Dowdell of Grey Days. And so we had a lot to say about that one this year. And that's the kind of thing that explains why you end up number five on our list. Yeah. It had a lot of great songs on it. The, the three songs that we would have played if we were doing the radio show would have been Moray Sky, Soul Songs, and Sometimes. You know, that's that's the one thing I absolutely do miss about the radio show is uh, I used to keep track of how often we played a song from every album every every play every time we played and that's kind of it's how i used to come up with my list for like the last two years um it's just you know how often do we play that do we play it a lot um it would have been interesting to see how often we played certain songs off of uh, amends because i think that there are certain songs that stand out as strong like super strong like the album's really good but there are some that are way better than others um, in my opinion, on that album. I think it's interesting when you guys have mentioned a couple times now how um, with these top 10, you would play just about everything off of them. There's one one reason that that might not be the case, and it's not a thing you've had to deal with too much so far, and that is censoring. That is editing yes. stuff. And that is where, because most of these albums are almost or entirely clean, with maybe the exception of Static X. I know there's some stuff in there. But our number four album, however, <laughs> makes that mold pretty hard. At and num- number four, <laughs> this is Seether with Sevis Pachum Parabellum. And I actually have this at number one on my list. Big Seether guy. All right. <laughs> Seether usually is fairly high on both of our lists. I had him at number four, but yeah, we've any the past. I think three Seether albums have been top five on our list every single time they've come out. And I know, I think the last one was, 
close to number one, if not number one. They're one of those bands that kind of you can just about guarantee they're going to make it into that realm if they release an album. Yeah, I mean, it, it, they are always are solid albums. They always have really strong singles. Um, and, and, you know, the the song you guys were talking about is is probably a song we would not play on our show because I wouldn't want to edit it. But it's a song <laughs> called Bag and where he just basically sits there screaming bag, motherfucker, bag. Uh, there was not, your F-bomb. You yeah. used it right there. Of course. I told you I was saving it. You saved it for the opportune time. You could sing the whole chorus and say it five times. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so, I mean, the whole album is, is great. I absolutely love this album. There, and there's another, we kind of mentioned it before, there's another song that, that just feels like it's uh, meant for 2020. It's a song called Dangerous. And it just kind of perfectly describes the whole year and the uh, dumpster fire that it was. Yeah, it's true. So from that would be definitely one of the songs that we would suggest, one of the standouts if we were doing our radio show. And we'd also play a song called Failure and Bruised and Bloodied. By the way, since we can't play these on the air, you will be able to check all of these tracks that we're mentioning, with the exception of Beg, out on our playlist <laughs> that will be released along with this episode. The playlist already exists. Uh, from last week's and has our honorable mentions and um, albums 20 through 11. And uh, when this one is released, we will have 10 through one added to it. So enjoy. Yeah. It's a way for you to feel like we're still like, you know, it's still DJing for you. Yeah. It's the closest we can get to, to giving you a radio show without giving you a radio show. We do what we can. That's right. Top three. We're there. We're getting down to the nitty, nitty gritty here. I actually thought, this album was going to make it a lot higher than what it did. Um, but I guess it's understandable that it didn't make it number one. I had it number two on my list, but number at number three on the itch is top 20 albums of 2020 grandson with death of an optimist. And we didn't need the help of the grandkids to do this. This was all us. Yeah. This, this guy's <laughs> been releasing EPs that made the list last year. We've talked about him off and on in multiple episodes throughout this season, including the episode where we reviewed Death of an Optimist itself. He's just been like an omnipresent figure within this podcast. So it's no surprise that he's a top three artist. One of my biggest decisions in my list is like whether or not I could stand listening to it or whether or not I wanted to continue listening to it. And I know that's one thing you kind of said to uh, Aaron. And there was just something about this album. Like I couldn't stop listening to it. I mm. still listen to it. And my kids are now listening to it. Like Dean absolutely loves the song in over my head. He's like, every time he gets in the car, he's like, I got to hear that song. Turn it on Dan. I'm like, all right, I'm, <laughs> I can't argue with you there, buddy. Let's do it. <laughs> so, he, and he actually, just to let you know, he actually specifically asked for me to mention that in our in my podcast that he loves that song. So I just wanted to just <laughs> there we go. My five year old son wanted me to mention that. Shout um, out to Dean. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was it, it was a, a fantastic album. There's there we kind of mentioned before, but yeah, there's a couple songs that I I probably wouldn't edit for the show, but. Uh, yeah, there, I mean, all in all, there's a lot of songs that we'd be playing off this album. Uh, the the songs that I think we'd be playing for this particular show, we'd be playing Left Behind, Riptide, and Pain Shopping. Yes. Pain Shopping is not a thing I advocate for. I've, uh, <laughs> I don't like shopping for most things. Literally. If I were going to go shopping, then Pain would be like really low on the list. The song is great. Literally, Pain Shopping, not not a good thing, no. Yeah, yeah. Don't take that one literally. 
Just listen to the music. Maybe it'll help you get over the pain shopping need. <laughs> the pain of shopping in general. Like, yeah. If I'm playing grandson on my headphones while I have to shop, then that'll help the situation out a little bit. I could buy that. That's why you just do it on your phone. Yeah. That's what Amazon's for. You're right. Exactly. Well, and, and grandson <laughs> just did a phenomenal job just kind of tying this whole album together, whether it be with the music videos, with it being black and white and having the X character show up in multiple songs is, is good stuff. Yeah. I felt it was a great concept for an album um, that he was trying to fight with his inner self and struggling with his identity, which is true. I mean, especially an artist in that kind of in between genres of hip hop, pop and, and rock, like, that can mean so many things of, of what you're, you know, what kind of an identity you're struggling with. That's true. And, and he's a very charismatic personality. That's why I poke fun at the fact that his, his fans are very vocal and very supportive. And I also like that he's a very young artist. We've got a few of those populating this list. Most of our top 20 is a little more on the veteran side of rockers, but, but we have a few, I mean, all three of our, debut album of the year nominees also made the top 20 and so yeah grandson is a welcome uh, breath of fresh air i guess in the music world another breath of fresh air just something different something new like never heard before the who with the album the garrick now technically we will admit this did come out in 2019 however the deluxe version that made it number two on our album on our list came out this year and the deluxe version featured three different songs with different rock singers. We had Jacoby Shaddix featuring uh, on a song called Wolf Totem, Lizzie Hale on a song called uh, Song of Woman. And then Danny Case from From Ashes to New was on a song as well. Uva Uva U. There you go. Thank you. I was just going to play that off. Okay. Yeah, sure. Uva Uva U. (laughs) It's sort of an exception to the rule to uh, include a deluxe edition, but we're also counting into the fact that the itch didn't really discover this band or this album until the telltale end of 2019. So they really didn't have a chance to be played or considered for that year's list. So the deluxe album release gave us an excuse to slide them into this year's nominations. Yeah. Even, even though the release came out in the fall, we didn't really get a hold of it until December. And so it just kind of missed making the list from the year previous. I think it would have been darn high last year, even if, if, if we had heard it in time, but then having this version that has these great guest spots, which shoots it up even higher. Yeah. The guest spots definitely made it more meaningful and more accessible. Yeah. And I think just the caliber of guests that they had, both the guests, by the way, uh, two of the three guests were on our uh, itch award votes which were there because of things like this, mostly exactly. for making guest appearances left and right all year. But I mean, having a, a, a song called Song of Women featuring a woman, for one, makes sense. <laughs> featuring one of the best up and coming, I don't even know if he'd say up and coming anymore, but one of the most current established female rock artists with Lizzie Hale. It, it just is awesome. She, she does her own parts and she, uh, you know, they, that's one thing I think I absolutely loved about the who is they kind of let the artists do their own thing, but those artists still did something that was appropriate to the song. Like w- with Wolf Totem and Jacoby Shaddix, 
he's singing about animals. Well, if you look up the lyrics, like the translation to the actual songs for Wolf Totem, they're singing about animals too. You don't know it because they're singing Mongolian. But, <laughs> <laughs> so his lyrics fit exactly with that song. And it's just, it's great. I think that they had really a high caliber artists just make this album even better than what it was. I'm excited for what's going to come in the future. And I think it will definitely involve more guest appearances. It's kind of their way of connecting to American audiences who the charisma of the who is good enough to start. But speaking Mongolian does hurt a little bit. I don't know. I, I mean, because, you know, I agree that, yes, they're going to have to kind of continue to, to morph, I guess. Um, but, you know, I think Rammstein, they, if it wasn't for the fire issue, that happened because of great white Rammstein probably would have continued having a, a significant career in the States, but like they, you know, they didn't have to speak English and they had about three That's or four true. successful albums. But I also think that like with, uh, you know, the who they, they just covered recently a, a Metallica song and they actually did not, they actually translated it into Mongolian. Yeah. And it, it, it was fantastic. It was, it was awesome. awesome so yeah. awesome and i'm a huge metallica fan i'm very picky on hearing certain metallica covers i mean i think they're a band that lends themselves to being covered but uh i think that they just did a fantastic job covering it and putting and making it their own obviously better than yeah. most bands can say so yeah if you ever wanted to hear sad but true and in, in mongolian folk metal style look it up the who's got it and it's awesome and it's on better noise music that's probably what put casey over the edge i get it now okay (laughs) it was that metallica cover you can hear that shug shug oh the shug shug oh yeah yes that's such a great song yeah so the three songs that we would choose is what like you said shug shug wolf totem featuring jacoby shaddix and song of women featuring lizzie hale down to the number one album of 2020 i feel like i should do like a drum roll there you go. <laughs> there you go. I would do uh, it, but I'm pretty sure my laptop would fall apart. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this one should come as no surprise to anybody who has been paying attention to this list and be like, okay, there's something obviously missing so far. I, I have to agree, especially somebody who's been following the show uh, for all, ever, you know, <laughs> like, right. It's kind of blatant. <laughs> who wants to announce it? Like, we're just going to, just let oh, yeah. it all figure out. You guys can just figure it out. Yeah, you guys, we're done. Show's over. All right, yeah. good. If Let's you go want home. to figure out the number one, you can listen to episodes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one through 40. <laughs> <laughs> no. Number one is the, uh, if you don't count that Sean Dowdell interview, is the first artist that got two episodes of Rock Matters dedicated to them. Episodes eight and 26 for their reissue of White Pony and their new album, Ohms, and that is the Deftones. Deftones, Ohms, at number one. It was, oh, it was so good. It was. Ohms is an album that's showing, that's going to show up on just about any top rock or metal list of the year. And not, not just Ohms, that's going to happen with just about every album that they release. They've just reached not that true. level of consistency. I said just about. You can have your exception with Gore. It's fine. <laughs> but uh they've reached that level of consistency like just like we were talking about with seether 
Now, if Seether releases an album, it's probably going to rank pretty high on the edge. Deftones are the exact same way. One of my favorite Deftone albums is Diamond Eyes, and and I'd have to put this right there at the top of some of my favorite Deftone albums. Like it, it is just a great album. I really think that they kind of maneuvered their sound through their entire career almost within one album, and it was just a refreshment after Gore. Like you said, I was not a fan. I I, I would not. I would say that's like my least favorite of their albums of of all of their albums. Period. Yep. And so it was just it's just nice to to go from my least favorite to like one of my favorites, like <laughs> yeah. in a matter of two years. Yeah. In a, in a bookend style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and with artists like this, like I'm always impressed when a band can be 20 or 30 years. Like we talked about Pearl Jam in the last episode, when you can be this far into your career and put out this much music and it still be at that level, because in my observation, most bands have a tipping point where they just kind of run out of steam and the Deftones have more small hiccups than anything else. Well, I think that certain members ran out of steam and they, you know, found kind of refound themselves, refound, refound the rejuvenation or, or their inspiration, this album. Sure. And, but it's impressive that they can do that. I, I think, I think there's something to be said because there are a lot of bands that can't. Yeah. And the Deftones are, are one that can. And so I'm um, as long as they want to keep doing stuff and sounding fresh and fantastic, the sonics that they have, I, I just love it. There's uh, Chino's voice and those nasty riffs and some of those things. It's just wonderful. Well, I mean, and anytime, I mean, that's even after losing a member of their band years ago and still churning out good stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's hard to uh, overcome a tragedy like that, especially when, you know, you have a band like Deftones who's not had to re- replace a member um, since their inception, and then they lose a guy, and they they ha- they're forced to replace somebody, um, and he just kind of fits right into place, and and they just continue making great music. So it's it's great to see that they just kind of continued and picking up, and you know, you know, of course, you know that she would want want them to continue making music and continue with his legacy, and they are certainly doing it justice. Yes. So kudos to the Deftones. Number one album. (laughs) The four songs that we would have played, we would have played The Spell of Mathematics, Urantia, This Link is Dead, and Ohms. Among many others, most likely, but that's where you're starting. That's that's the flavor of the week version right there. Yeah. And now we're going home, folks. We are going home. (laughs) (laughs) That wraps up the top 20 albums of 2020, as well as season one of this podcast we're going to take a few weeks to finish plotting out some of the uh big details of season two working on some guests some um collaborations some really fun stuff and uh in the meantime we've got some uh some further content as it were that we'll be sharing until we get back so you will not be abandoned you will not be without a fresh download available in your podcast player every monday morning and uh, we will be back refreshed and with some fun new ideas for season two. So thank you to everyone who has listened to us and supported us in any way so far. I noticed earlier this week, I thought this was kind of fun that we have essentially 300 Facebook followers and 300 Twitter followers. So I, I love that consistency right there. And there is almost zero overlap between the two, the two groups of people. And so, I mean, the overlap is literally us. 
And <laughs> so maybe there's actual flat out zero overlap if you you know don't count us. Nonetheless, so for all 600 ish of you, you all and anyone who is a listener but not a social media follower, you're fantastic and we appreciate and support you. And um, also, we welcome your ideas for future episodes for season two. You're welcome to hit us up on the social medias, including our website, itchrocks.com, on Twitter and Facebook, at those that same handle, as well as uh, Gmail. And you can send voicemails on that website. I've said it before, and I, I want to get some of those. <laughs> so I'm going to keep pushing that. So we would love to hear from you. And you will still be hearing from us over the next few weeks. And uh, I hope you enjoy all of that and have enjoyed season one. In the meantime, you have a ton of episodes you can go back and listen to. As we said, all of these top 10, aside from Boston Manor, actually have at least one episode previously this season where we discuss them and these albums. And so um, if you're interested in a more in-depth discussion about that, it's all quite available for you. Yeah. If you just recently found out about the podcast and you're listening to the last couple of weeks, definitely go back into the archives and check it out. It's rocks.com. That's right. Thank you very much for listening to the itch rock matters. My name is Dan. I'm Casey and I'm Aaron. And until next time, rock on. If you enjoyed what you heard in this episode, please subscribe and tell a friend about the show got plenty of links in the show notes to continue the conversation including the episode's playlist and you can interact with us on twitter facebook or through gmail all at itchrocks i-t-c-h-r-o-c-k-s because as my children know there is one thing that i hate doing it is repeating myself (laughs) (laughs) what's that I said uh, as much. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, almost got me. You almost got me. <laughs>